0: Welcome to Game Over Calgary, the happiest of the Game Over family. My name is Peter Klein, riding solo with you all this evening, coming off of a 4-1 win. A convincing, I would say, 4-1 win. Are there unconvincing 4-1 wins? Maybe we'll talk about that. We probably won't. Uh, But a convincing 4-1 win for the Flames over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thank you all for coming into Game Over. On the show today, we're going to talk about the, I would say, two biggest factors for that game. Go a little bit more, kind of, Big picture. Picture on on what this win actually means, and then close the show with uh, a few more kind of X-Factory type of players who stepped up in this game today, and as always, all of your chats. I have all these things planned, perfectly fine going with none of them, if you guys want to guide the conversation the other way. Hello to Robert in the chat, hopefully everything is going well, um, and hopefully everything is going well with you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this one today. I had the ad read pulled up and then I pulled something else up on my phone and now I'm going to get to it. Wanna bet? Sports inter- uh, you can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Football continues, the World Series is around the corner, and they've dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pre-game, live in play or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Ontario only, 19 years and older, please play responsibly. And also, if you have uh, troubles in this area, uh, as gambling can be a, a rather addicting thing, there are links um, in the in the show notes to help you out with that. So, what is up, chat? What is up, all of you wonderful people, after another Calgary Flames win over, uh, this time, the Pittsburgh Penguins? And you think about it. The, the Flames now have wins over Colorado a pretty good team, you know, defending Stanley Cup champions. I would say a favorite to go to the Stanley Cup final once again. Um, If it's not them, we may begrudgingly... If it's not them and it's not the Flames, we would begrudgingly say that it might be the Edmonton Oilers. Oh yeah, beat them. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights just perpetually hanging around. Uh, Beat them. Lost to Buffalo. Uh, Beat Carolina, uh, a team who... uh, One person on this show predicted to go to the Stanley Cup final this year. I won't name names. Um, And then the Pittsburgh Penguins, who... Again, have Sidney Crosby so they're always involved in it. Those are quality, quality wins. And we'll get bigger picture on that a little bit. I get it um um, I get Colorado was on a back-to-back, I get Pittsburgh was coming off of a back-to-back as well, but we'll get into to more of what those mean a little bit later on. But the two, I think, major major stars from this one and the, the two standouts from this game, Nazem Kadri and Jacob Markstrom. And, and let's go with Markstrom first, because I think the, the first period was all about Kadri, and then the back 40 was all about Jacob Markstrom. And we, we've had some concerns about Markstrom coming into this one because of a, a few ugly ones that have been led in by the the flames goaltender and there's been some times where it's like man like yes they've won and he's bounced back but we'd like to just not have to deal with those well didn't have to deal with him he was spectacular on this night he was everything you wanted him to be for the the calgary flames like that there was nothing else you could ask for markstrom and in a period where they were out shooting Pittsburgh 20-3 to until the final like six seconds when the Penguins just got a flurry on, it kind of looked like a, oh man, I could have started in goal for this one. But then that second period came And the push was on from the Penguins. And it did kind of seem like there was a a bit of a, a letting the foot up off the gas pedal for the Flames a little bit. And Pittsburgh was on them. And this is still a team that's incredibly dangerous. Sidney Crosby is still very good. Malkin was great. I think Jeff Carter was Pittsburgh's best Penguin tonight, or best player tonight. He was the best Penguin. Either way, you want to say that, he was really good. And, like, Rust had that great rush on the power play. There's still a ton, ton of talent on this team. And if not for Jacob Markstrom's great play, this game could be a lot different. And we could be having similar conversations to some of the other game overs that, that have been going on uh, around the country right now. But instead, Jacob Markstrom came out and he showed everyone why he is still a Vesna caliber goaltender. And why he is still worthy of that contract. And why, why there will be no discussions of a goaltender controversy in this city. That was the exact performance you need from Jacob Markstrom. Um, He is... Just unbelievable. Hi, Andrew, in the chat. Uh, he he has been every everything that you kind of want him to be, with a couple of exceptions. Unfortunately, the the main exception is the playoffs, where that, that was a bit of a problem. I do think the Flames have a bit of a, a better kind of grasp on it this year. They were talking about it at the end of the game with Harnerein, who once again did an amazing job, um, and with Kelly Rudy, who would know a thing or two about a thing or two with the, the goaltending position, and the discussion about, like, You want to give Markstrom some rest. Vladar played well against Edmonton. I think for me personally, Markstrom gets the net against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday. You have a game against Seattle coming up. I think it's the Tuesday after that. I think that you go with Fladar in that one. Right now, Markstrom is on some kind of roll, and this is just reestablishing this guy is very good. You don't want to ride it too much, because I think that was a major issue for this guy a season ago, but Jacob Markstrom, make no mistake about it. It's 4-1. It doesn't seem like a game where the goalie steals it. I don't think the goalie stealed it. I think the better team won this hockey game tonight, but that is because Jacob Markstrom stood on his head in the second period uh thank you very much to Andrew for that you know what we we had so many issues last year and then at the, the the start of this year and then my laptop's plugged in this time by the way um we've had so many kind of tech issues I looked down and just saw the word crash from Andrew in the chat I was like oh sweet Jesus what's happened but we're, we're good we're fine um a couple of other notes in the chat uh always always a good night when a Canadian team wins I bet Batman is mad uh, even the rebound goal was one you can't blame him for. No, look, teams are going to score goals. Like, that. that's very rare. Like, there, there's a reason why we celebrate all of the shutouts that Markstrom had last season. Teams, teams are going to score on you. That That, that is going to happen. And you're right, the, the goal that happened tonight, you cannot blame him for. Do the Flames have more wins right now than the Canucks will have by January? That's a weird way of spelling March, but I guess maybe... Uh, I went into the Game Over Vancouver chat last night. They are much sadder over there. I have to say, hey, um, and this is not just me being a shill, but I've listened to every episode of Game Over that we've done so far, either YouTube or podcast, and I have been so impressed by the hosts. But for the Vancouver Canucks to do that to our if you haven't seen the clip go back and i mean after the show is done of course but go watch the the start of game over vancouver and what they have done to our poor hosts already like a 19 year old should not be that weathered by a hockey team at this point but um that we, we've all been there before from a, a fan perspective luckily for the flames we're not there now cuz this team is again on quite the roll uh, thank you very much, Robert, for the—we're uh, the, the, fine. I feel like that just needs to be, like, every 45 seconds. Still going well. Still going well. Still going well. Uh, but we are rolling right now. Perfect to have both goalies playing well to allow the other to to ensure resting. Absolutely. 100% agree, Finn. That, that is to, to have confidence that you can go with both goalies so that it's not— and I don't know why—this is definitely dating myself. Um, I don't know why this is my frame of reference, but whenever I think, like— absolute number one locked-in starter, and then the very clear backup, it's, it's Curtis Joseph and Glenn Healy. I don't know why it's that, but whenever I think, like, oh, yeah, you don't want a, a, a like a backup goalie that you have trouble with, there's been a lot of those over the course of history. It's just my go-to happens to be a Leafs one with Cucho and Glenn Healy, so uh my apologies there. Yes, this is a very pro-Vladar um, Show and podcast and YouTube channel, so I can definitely get on board. And I do. I want to see more of him. The the saying that I want Markstrom and Ned on Saturday is not a. They need to play Markstrom seventy games and blah 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 blah. That that is a. He's really good. Edmonton's really good. Boy, it'd be nice to go up 2-0 on Edmonton in the season series before you play them again one more time because the schedule doesn't make a lick of sense. But I I do think there needs to be more Vladar this season, but it, it's just the way the schedule has set up right now, it's not going to be that way. Trust me, it will, but right now, you, you don't really need to, to mess with what's working with uh, Markstrom. Thoughts on Uyghur today and thus far? I, I thought this was kind of the least noticeable Uyghur was. So far this season, I've I've really liked him. Um, he's not going to be confused for a defensive defenseman at any point, but boy, can that dude skate! Uh, he can generate offense really, really well, and he's fine in his own end as well. There's a penalty tonight that was I I didn't love, but I I am well once again I I am pro uyghur that this is a pro uyghur podcast that is for sure. The other main part of this before. Um, the, the the other part of this before we, we go to our, our first break, Nazem Kadri is the other big one in this game. We talked about the the great strut that the Flames had, and Nazem Kadri is the benefactor for that as he scores two goals. That first one we talk about, and again, um, I'm I'm stealing this now from Audi, although he did it on here, so you know intellectual property and whatnot. But that just that little shift that led to the first Nazem Kadri goal, the dog per sixty was at about a billion. Oh, that was so great to watch. Manjapani, strong on the boards, kind of keeps the play alive. It swings back around. There's a shot that's missed. Dubé, excellent puck retrieval. Gets it to Manjapani, sends it to front. Nazem Kadri finishes it. And the entire city of Calgary weeps at the beauty that we just witnessed. Oh, it was so good. And then the second one, Kadri, I don't think it's technically a shorthanded goal, but it was just about a shorthanded goal. Um, he comes in and just rockets one home. And all of a sudden, it, it just, it felt, it felt at that point like, okay, This is not going to be an overly competitive game. And then it kind of was, but we talked about the reason why it wasn't with Jacob Markstrom. The thing that has amazed me with Kadri, and it caught me right off the start of this game, the Pittsburgh Penguins started this game with Sidney Crosby out there. Who again, as we mentioned, still talented at hockey. The Flames started with Nazem Kadri. This isn't, like, this hot start that Kadri's on, where he has points in his first six games as a Flame, um, apparently just cutting, like, halfway there into the the, the start for uh, Calgary or Atlanta Flames history, going back to McMillan all the way back in the Atlanta Flames days. I, um, to, I, I, to, to say, like, oh, well, yeah, everything's going well, but they're not facing top-level competition or anything like that. Not that a lot of people have been saying that, but it did make me wonder, who has Kadri faced? to start this season? Is he getting kind of some cake matchups as other teams kind of focus on on Jonathan Huberto? Or I think it's also kind of noteworthy, and we can kind of learn something from this, because the Flames have been at home for every game but one so far this year. So they've had the opportunity to kind of mix and match and, and get these guys out there with who they want to, to be facing. And so I think it's a really interesting look at what this Flames team kind of thinks of this second line, and specifically Nazem Kadri. he's the focus of the segment right now. I, I think you look at what Calgary is kind of asking Nazem Kadri to do, and this second line has every excuse to not be going right now. Let, let's, I, I went through and I looked at it. These are according to, to Natural Statric. So this is the forward that Nazem Kadri has been um, kind of linked up against in the first six games of the season so far. In the first game, Nathan McKinnon pretty good. Here, I'm going to pull this up, because you guys are just getting a good view of my hat. It's a nice hat, but, I mean, come on. This is my last game over with the mustache on before we shave it off for November, so we got to, you know, show the moneymaker here. Um, okay, McKinnon, game one. Game two, it's Leon Dreisaitl. Not the easiest of matchups. And again, that one was, um, that was the road game, right? That one, Yeah, that one was in Edmonton, so that, that was kind of, um, Edmonton dictating some of the matchups, but you, you can work around that. And the Flames did, and they still put him against Dry settle. The exception to this rule is Brett Howden against Vegas. Anyway, um, Hinostrosa for Buffalo, and then Carolina, he gets Tara Vinen, And tonight, at least through 40 minutes, I didn't check after the third period, because that one's gonna has the potential to skew all the numbers. The forward that Um, The forward that he played the most tonight was Sidney Crosby. This line is the top offensive producing line on this team right now, and they are facing some of the toughest matchups they could be facing against the teams they are playing on a night in, night out basis. This line, again, has every excuse to not be playing well, and instead they are bawling out, and they are the best line this team has right now. They are generating so much, and that's not to say the other lines aren't, although the first line eh, but this second line is going out there, and not only are they slowing down guys like Dreisidel, McKinnon, Crosby. Tara they are also putting up seven points in six games. Two goal nights for Nazem Kadri. A point in every game as a flame. It is just an absolute treat to watch what Khadri has done, and it is not easy, the task that he has had so far. Uh, agree, Khadri deserves the C, quickly becoming a fan favorite. Uh, that's, I mean... I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about deserves the seat. Personally, I think Huberto is probably the next captain. Is that a slap in the face to Michael Backlund? I don't think so. Um, and this, this, these conversations are always weird because, like, I'm not, I'm not in the locker room, right? I've been in that locker room before. Um, and yes, it's as bad as it looked in that video, but <laughs> I've, I've never been there for any heated discussions. I was there while, like, all of us in, in ill-fitting suits went up and, like, hey, two points tonight wasn't that awesome, huh? Talk. So, like, I, I don't have a real grasp on who is taking a, a leadership role, but on the ice, you're not getting an argument for me, and what vindication it would be for Nazem Kadri. The the, the whole all-the-haters-can-kiss-my-ass thing a year ago. Not that he needs more vindication. That whole Stanley Cup thing probably put a a wrap on that. But to be a captain for a Canadian team would be such a feather in his cap. I I think that would be awesome. Kadri was made for the Flames 100%. Talk about Daryl Sutter, guys. That is a Daryl Sutter guy. A couple more Kadri for captains. Uh, Marched him on Saturday to get rid of that narrative from the playoffs. It's—I get what you are saying there, Finn. It's a nice thought, and I would love to be able to just scrub that playoff narrative away in a couple of games in October. That's probably not going away until April or May. He He's going to have to do it at those times. You know, like, right now we're still early in the season, still has his legs under him. Remember, last year in the playoffs, he was playing more games than he has ever played in his life. Before last season, his career high for games played, regular season and playoffs combined was 65. He had 60 in the regular season, and this team played more than five games in the playoffs. Not as many more than five as we'd like, but still, um, that, that narrative isn't going away. At least it, like, athletes can be weird about mental stuff sometimes. At least that will give him a, like, uh, a showing that, okay, I can beat these guys, assuming they do. If it goes poorly, then I mean, who knows? But, um, no, I, I think you go with Markstrom there, for sure. Um... Is can, uh, Tana a candidate for captain? I just think it would be funny for Canucks fans. That's true. Again, we we, we have put Kaja and Vancouver Canucks fans through enough um, over the last little bit. Although, again, I, I don't imagine this is going to be a whole lot of, uh, this isn't really a a great spot for sympathy for the Vancouver Canucks. Anyway, uh, we're still going to talk about a a bit more of a bigger picture view of this win and a couple of X-Factors from this game. But I do want to remind you guys, please, like this video, subscribe to the channel. That kind of stuff really does help. And, uh, as as Andrew says on Game Over Montreal, that this is not something where we have a lot of advertising dollars behind it or, or anything like that. We really grow from word of mouth. And I... I have said it before and I will say it again, I love the community that is being built with the the hosts in our group chats, um, the Discord that I'm I'm still not awesome at, but we're getting there. Um, But these chats here after, it's just, it is so much fun to be a part of this and we want this thing to grow so more people can see maybe a bit more of a healthier side of the, the fandom. Again, some of the other fan bases, what they're going through notwithstanding, but... Um, coming from a place where you talk about this team and some of the, the conversations around it can be so toxic, I'm having a blast talking with you guys right now. And so we, we want to grow this out so more people can see how much fun these conversations can be. So please, on the podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. On here, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, hit the bell icon so that you can find out when we are posting posting more of these videos, that kind of stuff. Helps out probably more than it should, but it helps out incredibly. So please, please, please don't forget to do that. And don't forget to follow me on social media. I am at Klein, and I'm hilarious. Taking a bigger picture view of this one, because I... And this is, again, coming back from the, the last place I was at. I tend to, when there's something... um something positive like this, you tend to kind of wince and like, okay, how are people going to criticize it? Because this is a good win. And the Flames have five good wins so far this season. One bad loss, but five good wins this season. We went through it before. Colorado, Edmonton, Carolina, Vegas, and Pittsburgh. Not in that order. Those are all teams that if the playoffs included all of them no one is going to be overly shocked right like these are quality wins but you can nitpick all of them because that's what people do and it it kind of I think lends itself to a bigger question of what's the the regular season well I guess what does the regular season mean to you because there are a a lot of people who by the way I, I don't technically think are all that wrong where it's like The regular season, it's an 82-game sample size. It's more, like, true to, like, what the the real season is. And then the playoffs are just kind of a crapshoot. I do think over time, though, eventually, like, it's not a coincidence that Tampa Bay has been, like, one of the best teams. And, oh, look at that. They're also in the Stanley Cup Final. I I do think that there are a a few things that you kind of need to take away. But I think, to me now, after being around this team for uh, coming up on 11 years now and covering this team in some way, shape, or form for that entire time and seeing great regular seasons, bad playoffs. To me now, with this Flames team, the regular season is about getting these guys to gel, figuring out what works, figuring out what doesn't so that when you get to playoff time and it gets down to, holy shit, the top line hasn't done anything, what else can we do? Well, we know when we tried this, this, and this, that ended up working. And so for right now, whether, like, did we, On this, October 25th, in the year of our hockey god, Lanny McDonald, 2022, established that the Calgary Flames are undisputedly better than the Pittsburgh Penguins? No, of course not. we, We established that tonight. They outplayed them. Could you blame some of that on the fact that they were up in Edmonton 24 hours ago? Of course you could. Should you? I don't know, wins a win, man. And like this doesn't definitively prove a whole lot, but it puts Pittsburgh behind you. You only got to play them once more this year. Maybe you can get another victory on them. So regardless of whether it was like neutral site, both teams equal rest and they get to play each other best on best, or if one team had a rest advantage over the other, doesn't really matter to me at this point the regular season is about figuring out what works and what doesn't work and kind of accumulating as many points as possible so you put yourself in a best in the, the best position that you can to me that that is now what the regular season is about and i i get the playoffs can be frustrating with its small sample size theater and i don't necessarily want to live in a world where like zach cassian and pat maroon are effective players but the, the playoffs are a bit of a different animal i do like that the flames now i think the biggest part of this again Can we establish that the Flames are the greatest team of all time? Of course not. But they are getting wins against teams that other teams that they are battling with may not get those wins. And I think that is hugely important. couple of things here on uh, the chat now. I've had a chance to go to the Avs and Canes games this year. This team is different. This team is fun to watch. They they are really good. We are shredding that mediocre team mentality. Uh, how sad is Audi right now? Like just in general, I, I think Audi's a pretty happy guy. Flames won. He's engaged. They're wedding planning. That's not stressful at all. So he, he's great. Uh, agreed. This does feel like something special, and that that is a, a, that's something that I really want to drive home because like I I, I joked uh, about how the other teams are, are having to deal with this right now. And I, I've joked about what what, what happened with, with, if again, if you haven't seen it, Kaja with, just like goes, not off screen, but just off mic and just screams because of how frustrated she is with the the Canucks. And the, the Leafs, all due respect to the label that pays, and sorry Robert, are out here losing to the Coyotes. And the Flames are going to have bad losses like this too. I'm not saying that the Flames are going to be immune to any of this. It's just going to be 82 games of us frolicking in a field somewhere and it, it's going to be a beautiful thing until they, they only have to play 16 games en route to sweeping to the Stanley Cup. That would be lovely. Probably not how this is going to go. What I'm saying is, though, enjoy the hell out of this right now, because this is awesome. This team is fun to watch. Nazem Kadri is just absolutely wrecking everyone's shit. The fourth line apparently is one of the best lines in the NHL, and you're beating quality teams. Enjoy this time. There are going to be some bad times. We're going to come on here. I am probably going to yell, a few times this season about how stupid something was. That's probably going to be a thing that happens. Until then, though, let's have some fun and enjoy this, shall we? Um, Sorry for bringing that up, Robert. I apologize. Uh, she screamed like the famous Dang, uh, Steve Dangle. Yeah, that's it, it. Definitely felt like a bit of a, a Canucks fan reacts. Uh, that that is absolutely for sure. I do like that we are shredding that mediocre team mentality. Like it just it does feel different here this year, and there isn't like ah you can't do this in the playoffs. The Flames could play their exact same way and like that they did over the course of the, the first six games of the season take that ramp it up a little bit in the playoffs like you have to and just kind of build on it there i I do think like that this team is built for that a couple of tweaks i'd like to see them make but overall things are going really really well uh ottawa i can understand having lots of fun right now good for them yeah that's true the the last couple of days for ottawa have been quite a bit of fun uh they I, i think are going to be hampered by the burden of expectations this year because there are some of them there now and We'll see how that goes cuz that division is stupid good right now where I, I think every going into tonight every team was at, at or above 500 like good grief um, that th- that's going to be difficult for some of those teams to maneuver their way through. Once again, you can find me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me there. Uh, a couple of X factors here before we go. I, I know I've kind of rambled on a little bit, but like a a little bit. But like I said, I just like talking to y'all. It's fun. Uh, a couple of X-Factors. One, and it's weird to say, you know what, the, the guy who you signed for eight years and traded one of your best players for, X-Factor tonight. But I thought Hubertone looked good. That um, There's still there's still a little bit missing with that top line. There's a little bit too much one and done with them right now. Um, And it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last game, where there's a little bit of being too cute and too fancy with these guys, where the second line and the fourth line specifically, and two thirds of the third line are having their success. It's just in a straight line. They are going just like straight to the net, win some puck battles and whatever. There isn't a whole lot of that going on right now, that they don't have that kind of retriever who's going in, winning a couple of those battles. I'm not saying this line is playing soft by any means, but they don't really have what Dubé provided on that first goal, going down there, winning a puck battle, keeping the play alive, and then Manjapani behind the net. It's an incredibly talented line. And again, I do think they will figure it out but there's still a bit of work to do. But it was nice to see Huberto get that goal. And I, I think the top line is getting there and is still getting better. And even if they weren't, I don't know what you'd do to change it. Because I'm not messing with that second line. I like how two-thirds of the third line are playing and that third-third of the third. I'm not putting Lewis on the top line. And then, like, we're getting into the fourth line and it would be ridiculous to move any of them to a line with, Huberto and Toffoli. So right now, I think you just accept that you have, again, beat five of the best teams in the NHL with your top line playing, uh, yeah, not, not great um, for a lot of times. Like, I, I think you take solace in that and you just kind of move on and, and grow with that. But again, I do think this line is getting more comfortable together. This line is gelling a little bit more and they, they will get there. I, I have no qualms about that. I really do think that for the people they have on the NHL roster right now, because again, I would still like some AHL guys on this team, but they, they, they're they winning a bunch, so I can't really complain too much about it. But as this team is currently assembled, I do think they've kind of optimized things perfectly. Like everyone does seem to fit into their role right now to, to a certain degree. Like I, I don't think you need to juggle any of the lines because everyone feels like they're kind of where they're supposed to be at this point. One guy who hasn't really shown up on the, the score sheet as much, but I thought had a great game was Michael Backlund. I thought Backlund played excellent in this game. I, I thought he on the forecheck created a lot of different opportunities, and I-, I thought this was one of Coleman's best games of the year as well. I thought those two guys were quite good. I, I don't believe they sh- they show up on the score sheet at all um, in terms of points in this game, but I, I love what Backlund was able to do. And uh, again, he is that guy who has a-, a very high dog per 60 with him right now because uh, of just how aggressively they're playing. And again... Those guys are starting, I believe anyway, I, I didn't take a look at this, but it feels like those guys are starting an awful lot in the defensive zone and having to work their way out. And I am not a fan of Lewis on that line. I think if you were to have someone a bit more dynamic than this line, all of a sudden takes off. But I thought Backlund and Coleman tonight were a really big part of what the Flames were able to do in having a bit of success. Oh, the chat kind of popping off here a little bit. Uh, apparently we had some bots. Robert took care of them. By the way, um, when Robert does that, And he is the the best in the biz at doing that. I 100% have like a weird like anime scene going on where Robert is just going in there and just like pew 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 and out out the bots go. Like I I view it that way because I am um, just a a 32-year-old mustachioed child at the end of the day. Uh, We haven't played any team expected to be sub 500 yet. Hope we don't play down to them. Uh, Don't worry, we were like the rambling. Oh, good, because you're getting a lot of it today. Uh, So thank you very much for that, Lindsay. Uh, I've always described the Flames as a C student, never bad enough to get put into the other class where (laughs) you get a chance at first overall, um, but never good enough to be on the honor roll. And that's fair. And then, like, you look at... We don't need to do a deep dive in Flames history, but you look at the times where, okay, we did get to that top level of, like, suckage and drafting. And look at the the prize they got was Sam Bennett and Sean Monaghan, who Monaghan, I think his body failed him more than anything, and I I think Bennett... um, there's a larger discussion around Sam Bennett for a, a different time, but I, I do think that that is one that kind of set things back a little bit with this team. Um, I weirdly like the Penguins, too. Crosby got me into hockey with the Olympic goal, so it's okay that Audie was wearing a Penguins jersey tonight. you got to respect the Penguins. Like that, that, that's a game that it's like, okay, like you, you can get behind a Sidney Crosby one. So we, we can get them there. Phillips for the third line. Finn, after my own heart. Uh, who's better than Backlund on the PK? I don't know if this is how you wrote it, but this is how I read it, like the, those old um, the, those old commercials that, I don't know, probably don't age very well. But who's better than Backlund on the PK? Nobody! Uh, he, he's been great. Uh, great to see these game overs. Great to have you here, Omega Primer. I'm assuming that's your birth name. Um, had a great game, but didn't show up on the score sheet. The Michael Bagland story. That is 100% true. Rass seems to be confident with the puck. It's good to see. That's another one. I didn't have him on my X factors, but I'm glad that uh, you brought that up, Weston. Rasmus Anderson is playing really well. And he's kind of playing that, oh, you don't really notice him a whole lot in the defensive end. I am happy he's being utilized on a power play. He does seem to have a little bit more confidence in the offensive zone. I I thought his skating would kind of catch up to him a little bit more. Like, I I thought there would be... A bit more kind of Mackenzie Weger to his skating ability. That hasn't really happened, but he is still, I think, growing as an offensive force. And I don't know if he knows how good he can be offensively yet. Once that gets unlocked, yeah, look out. Because as it is right now, he is very, very, very good. Uh Love Phillips, captain of the Victoria Royals, my squad. There you go. Little W or, um I was gonna say WCW shout out. WHL shout out. Uh, yeah. Rico Fada and Daniel Kachuk, were kicking it old school in the chat tonight now. It feels weird we are so strong without our first line producing. Yeah, it's almost like the playoffs the last decade, hey? That was an unnecessary shot. My last X-Factor here, as I'm getting kind of caught up in the chat right now. Um, this fourth line. I need to stop getting surprised when they do well. Because it has gone so well, they haven't really given me a reason to not trust that this is just going to continue, right? Like, Lucic, (laughs) he always seems to be the one leading the rush, and I, I, you, the, the word rush is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, but he always seems to be the one leading it, but he has been so effective physically. And Rooney has certainly been there, and Richie it seems like he drew another one tonight. He drew a penalty in the third period and he's out there creating opportunities. uh, Once again, a rabid forecheck creating some chances for this flames team. They, they they were um, integral in the stone goal. I was trying to think, I knew they did something. Um, They they were integral in the stone goal where again, their forecheck creates a turnover. And then what did they do? It's talked about before with, with Carolina, those guys were the table hockey dudes where they just had a slit from the corner to the front of the net and, they just, okay, let's slide them there, and they just went, and the puck went in. Did it bounce off of one of them? I don't know, maybe. But either way, they created that opportunity. They have been perfect for what this Flames team needs to be. We're never going to mistake them for Dubay Manjapani and Kadri. We're probably never going to mistake them for Coleman, Backlund, and whoever they put beside them. But in playing the role of the fourth line, the fourth line has been perfect so far. I... I I did not like that those guys made the team over again some of the younger players, but to this point I have no room to criticize because they've been exactly what this excuse me exactly what this team needed um, and what this team has needed so far from their fourth line. Uh, Captain Phillips, we we got a Captain Phillips chap going on. I think Rozicka needs a shot on the third line. I agree. I thought the fourth line really took off with, with Rozicka, and I, I also feel like that they're. The reasoning behind it was you don't want the young players just playing, like, third and fourth line roles. It's bad for their development to only play 12 minutes a night and, or whatever. Th- those top six roles on this team aren't really available all that much. Like, fully, I think his contract is up at the end of the year. But aside from that, Lindholm's here for a bit. And Huberto's here for a while. So is Kadri. Dubé and Manjapani, probably not going anywhere for a little bit. So... These guys are probably going to have to kind of fill out the bottom six at least for a little bit, and then maybe if you want to do some shuffling, put them up to the top line. But I, I feel like I felt like anyway, now was the time to get guys like Ruzicka and Pelche and um, and Phillips, Captain Phillips, into the into the, the bottom six and kind of create a bit more of a dynamic team that way. Little did I know that Brett Ritchie was going to have a renaissance, um, and he, Lucic and Rooney, was going to be so key in so many big moments for this team. And just to be able to... It's just it's little things. Like, they go out and draw a penalty. So while they're doing that, the number one power play unit is out there resting instead of the number one power play unit, which is essentially the first line featuring Nazam Kadri. Um... Instead of like those guys going out there forty five second shift, they draw the penalty and now they're begged. Or you start with power play unit number two, which I thought had a pretty good night from what we saw from them. But it's just it's a little thing like that. The the number one power play unit is able to rest. This fourth line is going out there and creating penalties um, or creating power play opportunities, and you just you're able to to get that cycle going. It's just it's so 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 great to see. So what do the deep hearings look like when Shillington is back? Does he just get paired with Zadorov and Stone in the press box? Probably, that's probably what happens. Um, you might be able to, to kind of cycle between Stone and Zadorov, depending on who you are playing right now. I, I don't know about, like Shillington right now, it's personal issues. And so first and foremost, you hope that everything is okay. But we've seen personal issues for a few players in the league last a very long time. And so it's difficult to say, when we're going to see and Oliver Shillington back with this team. And, and so, admittedly, I haven't given a whole lot of thought. But yeah, the, the, the logical spot is it's him with Zadorov or it's him with Stone. And you, you just kind of work it that way. Uh, I think Zadorov has had a few moments. He, he's very... Zadorov is noticeable because the things he does are so physical. He goes out there and just crunches a dude and then gets back in position. But then, on that same shift... Rust just walks him and gets to the front of the goal. Like, this, we talked about Rasmus not being noticeable. Zadorov is very noticeable for the wrong reasons. So I think you could cycle... Through those guys, and again, you're probably not messing with a whole lot because you won five of six against playoff teams or assumed playoff teams to start this season. So you're probably not messing with a whole lot of things. I wouldn't even mind a Mackie sighting if this team all of a sudden drops a couple of games in a row. Obviously not starting with Saturday, but after that, um, if they drop a couple of games, I, I wouldn't even mind them going with a, a Mackie just to mix things up a little bit and again create a bit more of a, a dynamic approach to that blue line and get him a, a little bit more run. But that that's again we're we're picking. Now at this point again yeah they are playing very 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 well when shillington is back does it make sense to uh do a rotating cast of d-man getting extra days off i think for a couple of them probably like best case scenario and i've said this for a bit and people push back on it you don't need to go as extreme as the nba does with uh load management I think giving Tanev a couple nights off every now and then wouldn't be the worst thing, you know? I feel like there was a couple of times the Flames probably could have done that with Gaudreau and Monaghan. It's never going to be done in hockey because there's this um, hockey culture, tough guy mentality thingy that we we do. Um, But I, I do think that it would make sense to kind of rotate a few guys through there. With the blue line, I think you can get away with it more than the forward groups, because at forward, you are still trying to build that chemistry with the top line or with the second line. Um, And the third and fourth line, to a certain extent, too. But the the deep pairings, for the most part, those guys have been together. Like, Uyghur is still kind of figuring some things out, I guess. But, um... Whoever Hannafin's with, whoever Rasmus is with, th- those guys are going to figure things out. I wouldn't mind giving Tanev uh, a night off every now and then, but odds are it's probably going to just be that that bottom pairing that cycles through over and over and over again. But yes, overall, this team is playing really really well uh that is going to do it for this particular episode today once again thank you to all of you please remember like this video i thought it was great um you can subscribe to the channel as well hit the bell icon to get notifications for when we're doing stuff like this again the next time you will see game over calgary isn't till saturday the calgary flames are taking on the edmonton oilers audi um and maybe someone else will be with you for that one. I'm going to be in Banff, so it's not going to be me. Uh, but that should be a fun one. Always fun to have the Battle of Alberta, the first one, at Scotiabank Saddledome this season. So, thank you all very, very much. Remember to do all of the liking and subscribing and all of that. You can follow me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein and I will talk to you all later. Have a good night, everybody.